Welcome to Lion City Rock, the only uh, podcast about Singapore's pop music scene that you're ever going to need to listen to. I mean, you can listen to the rest, uh, but but listen to us first. Listen to to us twice rather than listening to the (laughs) Yeah, listen to us once and twice and then three times again. And then after, (laughs) if you want, you can go and check out the rest. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we 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 still need the downloads. We are only... Yes. 43 away from our 5,000 uh, wow. download. So, come on, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, subscribe. It's all about the numbers. Come on. I fucking yeah. hate the numbers now. It's just numbers. No, no, no. Yeah. Numbers. <laughs> See, if we get enough downloads, then when we do the we do the transition to TikTok and all that kind of stuff, where we do the dances <laughs> for all the local songs, that can. Right. Sure. It will be a big hit. Come on. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I believe. I believe. <laughs> yes, we can achieve. We can achieve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome again. And uh, for for you know, uh, for those who are the first time, we hope you like this podcast. We hope you tell everybody about it. Uh, share share this with your friends. I mean, you know, uh, this this podcast is all about well, mostly about the Singapore music scene. Um, yep. We talked we talk a lot to our Singapore music makers, um, but we also mm. talk about the, the things, the scene uh, or, or the music surrounding Singapore as well um, in various manners and stuff like that. And, um, you know, my name is Chris and joining me, as you've heard, is Kevin Matthews. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Um, let's get into today's episode. Today we have uh, somebody who, whom I've... I've, I've I, first got to hear about uh, I think maybe last year early last year or something like that okay. um, while, while surfing on surfing on the interwebs uh, mm. the, and, and the platforms and stuff and, and, and this name popped up and somebody had mentioned uh, this place uh, called Sela I think it was last year as well and I was like okay what's that you know and they said you should try to get this person on the pod and I'm mm. like okay so I went around started looking for this for this uh, singer songwriter, and then I realized after uh, after doing a bit of uh, searching that this person is just more than is, is a bit more than just a singer songwriter, you know. Mm. Um, according to according to uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just checking out this bio down here. It says that uh, she originally started out playing the drums, uh, and then switched to like playing guitar and singing and stuff like that. And 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 the the line here is something like uh, hang on, I, I want to try to uh, I'm trying to call out the the site again, but it's taking too long. But uh, but the thing is like, she... <laughs> no, I I was fortunate um last year, earlier this year, well, I remember. But a couple she, of months she, ago, she, I think. She did right? a, yeah, a couple months ago, she did a whole yeah. uh show at Bas Bas Linda's place, and I right, really right, really right. really really enjoyed the set, right. Just found her so engaging and so so charming and disarming. <laughs> it rhymes, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, and you know, and 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 she could really, uh, you know, I loved her, uh, you know, between song banter and what the songs were about. So I thought, yes, we oh. will definitely get her, definitely yeah, get her yeah. for our show. No doubt. I'm, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to do a very bad pun and just say it was a joy for you to watch the, the oh, set. <laughs> are we a media cop already? Yeah. This, is, this is my dad joke of the day. Okay, my dad joke of the day. <laughs> Yeah, but without further ado, let's let's get on to the pod. Somebody who's who've uh, who's been uh, been on the scene, uh, making mark, making a mark on the scene in the last couple of years. Um, let's just bring her on straight away. Uh, Krista Joy, say hello. Hello, <laughs> hi everyone. Krista here. Very happy to be part of the podcast. And uh, indeed, that was a bad joke. I'm glad that you recognized it. So that, uh, yeah, that's the first step, right? Recognizing, and then you yes, can accept help for can, it. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, the first step is not doing it at all. <laughs> not doing the joke at all. Not doing it. <laughs> correct, correct. I've really gone down. I've really gone down that 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 path a long oh, time ago. I can't turn back <laughs> now. No turning oh, back. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, full speed ahead. Damn the torpedo. Then not that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Krista, uh, thanks a lot for coming on coming on the pod. Um, yeah. You know, uh, as I said, I, I kind of uh, first heard about you kind of last year, and yeah. um, I, I realized that yeah, you've been doing quite a lot of different things um, yeah. with music. But maybe maybe you could start right at the beginning and uh, you know talk about like music uh, for yourself. Like, was uh, like how 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 old were you, or when do you first start getting like? You know, oh, I, I kind of like this. I want to try doing this a bit more. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in church. So music was always like a, just a inherent part of what we do every week. And there mm. was constantly music that was playing in the house. And my parents also, they, they both play instruments and they sing. Um, and from a very young age, I remember always feeling something, you know, in church. I like to sway with the music and when we were in sunday school we used to they would hand out like tambourines and things like that and i would mm -hmm. love that i would eat that up i'd be like yes you know i want to i want to play the tambourine and i want the i want to add to the noise and things like that um and at the age of um just maybe a bit uh, around like five-ish i can remember mm -hmm. there was a point of time that i really enjoyed just hitting things so i would take my mom's like um uh, like baking bowls and bakeware and I would put on the floor and just hit it around. Like she wasn't a fan of my music at the time because it included <laughs> okay. me banging up her kitchenware. But uh, that's when I discovered, I'm like, hey, I actually really like rhythm and I like grooves. Mm. Uh, and I was singing from a young age just because we sang in church. And mm. when I went into primary school, I decided that I want to join concert band. So that I think wow. uh, was my first point of entry to the drums. So then I played percussion uh, all the way through from primary school to secondary school, uh, the drums and things like that. And then when I was eight years old, so around primary two, I just found like a really beat up guitar in the house. And my dad plays the guitar, my brothers both play the guitar. And I could have easily asked them to teach me, but um, I don't know, I, I just felt like I didn't want a man to make me, you know, from such a young age. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I could figure it out myself. And I found this really, really dusty chord book, you know, like the tabs. And uh, it was so bad because at the time there wasn't YouTube yet. But I thought, mm. you know what? I'm going to just try to use this to learn mm. maybe my first mm. few chords. And that's what right. I did. So I learned like the basic stuff, the G, the C, the E minor, uh, the only chords in most of our pop songs anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I learned from there and then I pretty much, I realized, hey, actually when I hear something, I can figure it out. 
so I decided I'm just gonna learn the guitar by ear, yeah. and then I uh, started singing along with the guitar, and I would use like our family iMac, and I'd use the the photo booth, and I, I'd record covers, which I really hope will never see the light of day because they were <laughs> really really embarrassing. I don't think I had pants on for most of them as well, so <laughs> it should not be on the internet. Uh, but yeah, and then eventually. I think my dream was always to just be a musician because I was so used to playing in uh, in concert band and just being part of the music. But when I was in primary two, I remember being so sick and tired of uh, writing cards for Mother's Day. So like my family, we were very big into cards. So every year we're writing things. But it's like, you know, you know your mom so long. You say the same thing in the cards every year. Like it's so like, how <laughs> yeah. much more can I say, right? Yeah. Like, Thanks yeah. for being a good mom. I love you, whatever. Good health, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, so that year, I remember very clearly, I did not want to write a card. And I'm so bad at drawing. Uh, and I draw the same thing every year. You know, one of those suns in the corner. Yes, yeah, yeah, the sun's in the corner with the, the sunglasses. Sun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the rays. Like, that's what I just put in all my cards. And I thought, you know what? I want to do something different this year. How about I sing my Mother's Day card? So I mm. wrote out some words. And then from the little chords that I knew, I just wrote them on the paper on top of the lyrics. And I just sang. And that was my first song. And I sang it for my mom. And she was extremely touched. And she was like, wow, you know eight years old you're writing a song and blah 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 i mean it was yeah. horrible but to mom's right like she was just like wow this is beautiful this is like wow you know michael jackson yeah. standard like oh stevie wonder who i wonder who is stevie you know it's like wow yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah at that point i realized that hey songwriting is such a beautiful means to communicate what i want to say it's such a beautiful yeah. means to uh just share a message and I think that really stuck with me because after that day, I had found this new expression of myself and I started writing songs very often just about everyday life. I'd write about things that happen in school, about people that I don't like, about wow. teachers that made me stand outside the classroom. Like It was like everything. <laughs> yeah. um, and then that just developed all the way until secondary school. And in primary school, we still had those like, you know, uh, school assemblies and these mm. kind of small uh, like platforms to perform so I was already used to being on stage by then and when we hit secondary school was when uh, Instagram finally released that video feature so you could upload videos on Instagram and I think I was in about secondary three by then so mm -hmm. that's when I started posting my own covers and originals onto my Instagram and that picked up traction and then people started telling me hey you know I think I think you can try doing this music thing. And mm. uh, I was very much in a, you may not believe it from the way that I look now, but I used to compete in basketball. Uh, and I was very much into basketball. And uh, I was living a very uh, Troy Bolton life, if you guys know, uh, like <laughs> High School Musical. Yes. So in life, yes. like I, I always knew that I wanted to pursue music, but there was a point in like secondary school where I was like, hey, maybe I want to join the women's national team as well on basketball mm. and then like okay how would i choose between the two can i juggle two and blah 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 uh, so i absolutely loved high school musical at the time because i felt like hey i so relate <laughs> to this issue and this problem um but then after a while i realized that music is uh, a lot more meaningful to me in that sense and i decided to focus uh, a lot of my energy into just songwriting and performing and in any way shape or form and of course, I was still in 
concert band at the time also and then I picked up the trumpet there as well and I realized you know what I want mm. to keep finding ways to grow and to improve and by the time I was in sec 4 I was fully convinced that I want to pursue music for the wow. rest of my life and mm. I remember this very clearly because I was in class one day and they were talking about what are our next steps after secondary school so on the whiteboard my teacher she basically divided the whiteboard so she wrote JC mm-hmm. poly ITE and that's it and then uh she gave us like markers and she said okay go put your name under the the route that you want to take in life and of course most of the people put it in JC and at the time poly was still kind of like stigmatized in the sense like that it's worse than JC or whatever right, so a few people right. put it under poly uh and then nobody put under IT of course because mm. that's just how they thought at the time yeah yeah um and i remember i sat there and ev- everybody had their names on the board and i was thinking um like is there anything else you know is there like a <laughs> high school musical option where i can join a music school and we can break out into dance in the cafeteria like you know where's that option on the board yeah. uh and i remember my teacher sort of calling me out and saying like Well, what's next? You know, what what's happening? We're almost taking our O levels. Like, where do you want to go? Um, and I took the marker and I wrote on like the bottom right hand corner that was empty, and I just wrote music, and then I put Krista, and everyone was just kind of like, like that's not a subject. Like that's not a school thing. That's not an yeah. academic. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm just gonna go back to my seat. And my teacher was extremely encouraging, and I'm so thankful for her, um, because afterwards, you know, she did pull me aside and she told me, you know, are you serious? Like, is this really something that you want to do? Because there are options. Uh, and from there, that's where she introduced me to La Salle, which I eventually ended up going to. Mm. Uh, so from that age, uh, I'm very thankful that I had a support system in school, um, and also at home because my eldest brother, he was always the one to. Help me pursue this whole thing. He bought me my first like USB microphone and things like that. So <laughs> he's the one that convinced my parents because initially right. they were like, you know, very much like, uh, I think you should go to JC. Both my brothers, my older brothers, are scholars, so oh, okay. my parents okay. were like, oh, wow. okay, you know, let's get you to a JC. Let's uh, let's you know, make sure you have a real job in future, and then like <laughs> do music on the side. Uh, which I totally understand where they were coming from as I get older, mm. but at the time I was like, mm. no, you don't get it. Like I'm supposed to be a pop star, you know, and I'll I'll be more famous than my brothers, and I'll make more money than them. Like I'm gonna, you know. So eventually, uh, I ended up going to La Salle, and that's where I was uh, exposed to the whole local scene because before that I didn't know. I don't think I knew a single. Local artists. Oh, all. okay. Yeah, okay. I think maybe Gentle Bones. That was pretty much it. Right. Um, and from there, I realized, wow, there's so much to this whole music scene that had I not been in this stream, uh, I would have never known. You know, at at the time. Mm. And from there, I just focused solely on what I wanted to do, which was to be a singer songwriter with that core message of sharing what I want to say through song. And highlighting messages that I feel are important to me, similar to how I wrote my Mother's Day card, and mm. that sort of just served as my core all the way through. So then from La Salle, uh, I also applied for Noise, Noise Music Mentorship at the time. Oh, okay. And okay. the first time that I applied, I 
got rejected and that was like a huge like boo-boo i was like dang you know i'm in a music school i'm doing this and that how did i get rejected blah 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 so there's a lot of ego and a lot of pride that i had to deal with because my whole life i was i was constantly told like oh you're so good and you're so great and you're so blah blah uh, blah and then i right. get into a place where there are musicians that are leaps and bounds ahead of me and i'm like dang actually i have a long way to go uh which I think is great. I think uh, having your ego crushed every day is something that we all need as creatives, you know, or as people. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I got rejected. That was in 2016. And then 2017, I decided to try again. I had changed my music a lot uh, over a year mm. because I've always been interested in soul and R&B. But because I never had a band previously, I just stuck to more like folksy kind of stuff. But okay. thanks to school, I made a couple of friends who all vibed with the kind of uh, R&B soul kind of stuff. So then they hopped on to session for me. And then I entered Noise in 2017 and I got in and uh, eventually uh, I ended up winning the award, which never mm. was the goal. It really was just to get into the mentorship so that I could get some help. Like I really just wanted a mentor and I so was who granted was your mentor? that. Sorry. Who's I had mentor? Vanessa, Vanessa Fernandez. Oh, okay. And uh, Jack oh, as well, nice. Jack and Ray. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I had them and they definitely, they helped me out so much and introduced me to so much in the scene. So winning the grant was really like a bonus that I didn't expect to have. And eventually when I got it, I was like, uh, now what? Like I have no yeah. idea what a producer is. I have no idea mm. what mixing is, mastering, because I, I had just started school as well. So then came my whole uh, journey of, okay, how do I produce an album? Because the final thing that we had to submit with the grant was an album, or uh, EP, and also okay. have a showcase. So like plan right. a launch. <laughs> and I was right, like, right, right. I have no idea how to do any of these things. <laughs> uh, but now I have a deadline to do it and I've got money in the account. So like now yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. So that began my journey of uh, just me as an individual artist and uh, from there it's just been a constant battle to just discover what I want and who I am I never thought that I would ever be in a place that was beside my own mind God bless the day that I could surely say I'm leaving all those days behind And then, like, after noise, I graduated from diploma. I decided to continue my uh, degree in okay. LaSalle as well. Right. And then uh, COVID happened. Yeah. So mm. all my dreams uh, got crushed. And then I, <laughs> as, as all of us did, and then I spiraled and I thought, you know what? Was music really the right choice? Because now I'm stuck at home. I cannot teach. Mm. I can't mm. teach vocals now because of the rules and... I've lost all my gigs and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life uh, for two years. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a downer. And then through COVID was actually when I discovered, you know what, I think I want to get into production because okay. I want to be able to do things myself. It was more for me uh, because now we're stuck at home. So I cleared out right. the storeroom in my house and then I set it up. It was really jank. Like it was like I had a MacBook, but... I had two Samsung speakers that had no mids, no okay. mids whatsoever, <laughs> right? And I okay. was like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's just work with that. Uh, and then I watched YouTube and whatever little I learned about production from school as well, 
Uh, and I okay. started to just record things every day in my storeroom. Uh, and that went on for about a year. And then COVID ended. And well, not <laughs> ended, but like the year ended, 2020. And yeah. my family got news that we had to move out of our house that we were renting to downsize. Oh, okay. And I was like, now I don't have a storeroom for my music mm. anymore. So what do I do? And I was just kind of praying about it. And I thought, okay, I don't know where I can go from here. But through a very, um, a very nice person who uh, at the time was my boss because I was working events part-time as well. Mm. He offered a small room in an industrial building and he said you know what i really like your music so why don't you just use this room for however long you need so i set up a little studio there it was a really like it was tiny room uh can fit comfortably maybe like two people three people Uh, but it was enough and there were different people from the music scene who were just like blessing me with things to set this up like fat freak did did a lot for me uh, with right. panels and things like that. So equipment-wise, everything was set up and it was enough. And that's why I started the journey. But a year in, uh, my events boss at the time, he told me, hey, Singapore's opening up. We need the room back. Oh, and okay, then okay. I was like, oh, dang, okay. Um, now what? <laughs> and that was uh, last year. And then I decided to take the leap of faith to look for my own unit, you know, for my own studio. And eventually, I went on to Carousel, which, by the way, I never knew before this that the amount of things you can find on Carousel, like houses, cars, (laughs) all kinds of services. I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually go there just to buy like third hand pedals or these kind of like small, small things. Yeah. So I just typed the building name that I was already in with that events company. I typed the name into Carousel. And then there were units available. And I was like, oh, okay, let's check it out. Uh, and eventually I found the unit that Sela is currently in and uh, that was like a whole new world to me because rent, rent in Singapore mm. is yes. an absolute yeah. joke uh, and then I've never like done anything business-wise I've never set up anything on my own so I was really uh, learning okay. from scratch like what does that look like to be in the music business uh, now as a studio owner, as a producer mm. versus just being an artist Uh and yeah, sorry, that was a lot. I just realized, <laughs> but but that that's just the overview of everything that sort of like mm, led mm. to where I am at now. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. It's great because okay, it's not a very common story because, uh, most of the time you will find musicians who like have had other you know really difficult things and then they've really had to do a full time job and all this yep. thing, right? But it's like. It's inter- your journey is interesting because you kind of kept persevering and kind of doors mm. kind of start opening for you to really you know you basically you know realize your dreams lah because like yeah. it goes back to I like the story so it goes back to you know your classroom and you writing music right yeah and yeah. then and then everybody's like skeptical like scoffing at you like huh you can't do that kind of thing right yeah, yeah. in the end in the end that's where you know your journey has led to which i think is beautiful yeah yeah whiteboarding <laughs> stuff works you put it out into the universe whiteboarding yes correct once you put it out there it, I, i've okay. been trying to I've, I've learned that over the past couple of years like if i want to get things done i i just need to write it down in a in a big and you know, this whole time I thought that it was like my blood, sweat, and tears, but I think you're <laughs> right. It was the whiteboard marker. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but it's also interesting because I mean, like what you mentioned also, I think it's quite interesting that that you, you know, your story has led you to all these people who also in turn have helped to fuel uh, or like that flame, you know, of, yeah. of, of passion, your passion kind of thing. Yeah. And the thing is, you got, because like you said, noise means you have to put out like an EP and you must do a, a show, right? Yeah. Maybe you could talk a bit about that because was that the, was that the, the, the first EP? The... Yeah, enjoy the process. Yeah, so they gave a grant and um, I had decided that I wanted to do a five-track EP and yeah. I had the songs already written but I had no idea where to go from there. But thankfully, uh, Sarah Wee from 53A, she mm-hmm. was teaching at LaSalle as well and she's always been extremely, extremely supportive of my music. And mm. she was in. She was one of the noise mentors as well, and she basically was telling me about how her husband Bani was uh, producing mm. and things like that. And I think that was my first sort of introduction to what a producer is. Mm. So okay. I asked her. I said, "You know what? Can I can I meet with him just to hear a bit more about what what is production and blah blah blah." Mm. So I remember we met at like the Mountbatten McDonald's, the big one, and then, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. sat there. So this is this is Hidia, right? Hidia, yes, yes. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So we went to uh, yeah we went to McDonald's. We sat down, and I just told him the whole story of of the EP, what it was about, and what I hope for it to be. And instantly, it's like he just understood what I was trying to say, and he got the message, and he believed in the message. And at that point, I knew, you know what? Yeah, uh, you are the first producer that I've spoken to, but I think like I wanna I wanna go ahead with that. So uh, I locked him in, and we worked out an arrangement. And then from there, he had like a home studio. I think it was in his uh, yeah, in his family home at the time. So then I would just go over there, and then we would. Uh, record the different parts and he added his own embellishments and it was a very it was a super eye-opening experience because to me I always thought that what a producer does is just like record the stuff that you already have because <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah because for me like I arranged uh, I enjoy arranging live as well so I okay. had all the parts already for my band like I just needed uh. someone to take those parts and then just record them but with Bunny, he also taught me how uh, exactly, a producer can add their own flavor and all these different suggestions and and whatnot. So, he was a huge, huge pillar in how I understood production. And there's so much that I actually still apply in my current production that I've learned from Bunny. Yeah, and what? then from there also, I got connected with different people uh, for mixing and for mastering, and also different uh, places in Singapore. For example, Noivel. Noivel was a place that we mm-hmm. recorded some of our parts at as well. And uh, they were also part of my noise batch. So it was crazy to see how connected the scene was. Because mm. before joining the music scene, I would constantly hear from others like, oh, music scene, like, very toxic, very toxic. Like, wow, you know, nobody will help you, nobody will help you. And I think all these preconceived notions were things that actually made me very scared to even try for things like noise. And oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, but then it's like once I got in, I realized there will definitely always be people like this. Like, that's the world, right? But people who genuinely care about you will always have your back. And I'm so glad that I found that community. I found people who believed. And then from there, we worked on the album. And then I got connected with some people at um, over at Gateway as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So Gateway Theatre. Mm, and they right, also right. fully believed in the album. Uh, and then from there, I managed to work out sort of an arrangement with them as well. And even a backline company. So it was really like, 
Oh. Not to make it like sound like uh, I made all of this happen. Like I truly, for me, like I I truly believe uh, in uh, in God, and I believe that all these things are really blessings from Him because it's like everything fell into my lap, and uh, that made the process a lot easier because mm. things were sponsored, and and I didn't even have to try, uh, and I was very very spoiled in that manner. Uh, so after the first EP and producing that EP and uh, learning from my different mistakes along the process, I came out of that whole experience with mostly positive, mm. uh, p- mostly positive experiences. There were just a couple of things that I wish that I had done differently. But right. it's like your first child, right? You make all your mistakes with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> so, was, was Gateway was Gateway the first the the, the place where you held your your yes, gig? Yes, so I had I had the, the uh, okay. EP launch in June of 2019 over at mm-hmm. the Black Box at Gateway Theatre, mm-hmm. uh, and that launch show was very impactful. I actually got Vanessa and uh, her partner to open, and that was very uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was very nice <laughs> because it was like you know the mentor and then the mentee comes in after, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I really took that opportunity to share my story so at the end of the day it's like mm. it's still that call again right i'm sharing a message i'm sharing a story yeah. and it was a very like personal launch i just like shared with them what i wanted to then i shared the music and i even had a segment uh, during my launch so i broke it up into three parts band mm-hmm. uh stripped down and then band again and in the okay. stripped down segment it was me and my friend ernest uh ernest plays the electric guitar on on the band and right. We did basically like a, I wanted it to be a journey sort of thing. So I sang my first song. We made arrangements. So I sang my first song and then songs along the way that all had meaning in my music mm. journey that led okay. me all the way. So it was like from the age of eight, then through my primary school, through secondary right. school, uh, right. and that was a very very precious moment. And most most people uh, gave feedback about that segment. Like they felt it was something that really moved them, and I'm glad that I did that. And it's crazy because life came a full circle. Uh, and now Ernest is the one that's actually at Sailor with me. He does the post production in the studio. Right, cool. Uh, so everything is like interconnected, and that launch was something that I will hold very dear to me. And I'm excited for the next show that I plan uh, because of it. It just really felt like family coming together to celebrate music. Not even celebrate me, but celebrate right. music. And I think like that is truly the beauty of producing music and putting it out there in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And I think I think you also mentioned. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the, the whole thing about crafting this whole show as well, which I think is quite important. I mean, for me, it's quite important, which is something, I mean, I find that uh, sometimes bands don't really do mm. that. I mean, apart from writing the set list, that, that's, you know, that, that, yeah. that's the thing, that's, that's one thing, right? But, uh, but, you know, having this whole thing where you can take the audience on, on a kind of a musical journey where there's a sort of narrative going on. I mean, I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of that kind of stuff. So when I see bands, even in like big bands or whoever it is, like, like you know, so even like say some, I mean, since since Taylor Swift and Coldplay are coming down in town, um, yeah. you know, like people like them, um, you know, I also look at it because like if you watch a Taylor Swift show, 
you know, she actually does craft a, a kind of narrative throughout the whole yeah. concert. And it's not just here are my greatest hits and then just play, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. For sure. You know, so to me and to me I appreciate that kind of stuff. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that because it's obvious that whoever's on stage then has has like a certain message and a certain, you know, they actually yeah, mean this whole Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, that that's the word, yeah. And and they mean yeah. it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it all depends on whether you're an artist without an either. Artist without uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you are an artist, true an artist, you will look everything look at everything with some intent. Yeah, and and mm. a concept behind it. So it doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me that you had that intention mm. because you are you are an artist. Yeah. Right? So I would expect that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If sure. not, then it's like greatest hits, lah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, that one yeah. is artist. Artist with the E. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I feel like with the EP, uh, enjoy the process. The whole idea was it was a recount of the past five years at that time and it was my ah, journey from okay okay uh yeah so it was really story and it was a journey from basically a very dark time in my life uh when i was 16 when i was struggling mm. with a lot of um struggling with just identity struggling with who i want to be who i am the company that i hung out with you know it was just that age where you're exploring okay, everything okay. yeah um and then there eventually came a point in time that i started to struggle with bigger and darker things like um i started losing a lot of close friends to suicide and eventually it led me to a point that i started to struggle with my mental health and at the time it wasn't spoken about Mm. so i constantly i had this narrative in my mind that either like i was broken or like god is like punishing me or or, like i'm demonized like i had all these ideas because nobody talked Mm. about mental health and all, every time I had a panic attack I thought like it's a demon like it's a demon something's wrong sure. um, and it it drove me absolutely crazy all the way up till even when I when I first joined LaSalle uh, and there was a night that I was going to take my own life and from that night um, basically that experience is where one of the songs came out uh, which is There By My Sight which is a song I wrote about that experience that I yeah. had I and that. every other song has just been uh, about that so it's very personal it's very much a journey of fr- from darkness into freedom into light and because i had uh very intentionally even just decided on the track list and even the ep art like some people they they just kind of look at it and they think it's cool which i think it is as well but actually every small thing uh in the cover has a meaning uh and but oh. in generally it's like it's it's like a factory and talking about the process mm. Uh, and enjoy the process was actually something that my best friend told me uh, the night that I was going to take my life and eventually I stepped back from the ledge um, and I was like broken on the ground and my friend just told me just learn how to enjoy the process and that was something that stuck yeah so I was like it's very meaningful to me and uh, that's what I always wanted to be because I know that like I'm confident enough to know that I am a I'm a good musician and I'm a good songwriter Mm. and I have worked hard and I have the skills and I could be whatever I want to be but what is the point of sounding good or having all these streams and status if not for having a core and having a purpose and a foundation that my music like revolves around yeah Yeah. so even with shows even with set lists I'm very very intentional about where I want to take it where I want it to go Uh, and I recently went for a launch show actually where it mm. was very much like what you're saying. Um, but they are a new artist. And mm-hmm, I, rec- mm-hmm. I talked to them about it as well just to give feedback. Uh, but it was very much like, okay, this song, 
this song, this song, right. uh, and, right. and things like that. And it bugged me because I felt like there was so much potential for it to be this body of art, like this yes. entire experience. But instead, it felt very disconnected. It felt like you just wanted to play the songs to play the songs. Yeah. Um, which I felt like people really sleep on transitions and how just even a transition between song one and song two yes, can yes. make such a huge... It can make song three, right? It could create a whole yes. different thing together. Uh, and for that, I'm super thankful that I have very capable musicians in my band as well who always understand where I'm trying to go with that and when I create transitions and segues yep. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but I am, I am noticing that uh, a lot of people don't really care for these things anymore and it's 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 very sad it's a lot of work it is a lot it of is work. a lot of, yeah no exactly exactly yeah but i'm like that's so sad that's like reading a storybook and then like the chapters are like all over the room and then you just have to like walk around and like pick up oh here's chapter one and then oh my god oh, where the heck is chapter yes. two yes yeah basically yeah. And, and that's what i liked about your, your music as well because like you know i find that these are all just stories of a yeah. person's life and and yeah. you know and and I especially like the fact that you called your LP uh and <laughs> enjoy the progress yeah em- embrace <laughs> the progress yeah. embrace the progress yeah embrace the progress yeah yeah which which was like I said like, okay this is obviously chapter 2 <laughs> yeah the like extended version in the sense yeah. yeah I'll speak could you stop for a moment put your focus on me I'm trying to make a point but you're not willing to listen don't listen, I'll scream Could you drop what you're doing, turn your focus to me I'm trying to call for help, but you're not willing to listen Though I scream, and how many times can I be So sure? you are the kind of, I mean, I'm assume, from what you've said, I'm assuming that you're the kind of person that would wear your heart on your, in your song, lah, I suppose yeah, is that, for is sure, that, for is sure. that correct? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is it a bit difficult for you to come out with these songs though? Because these are I mean obviously very personal stuff. You know, like you were mentioning like that by my side. Like, you know, is it is it difficult for you to not just put that down mm. and then perform, but I think it's perform it in front of people because these are things that I, I'm assuming that only you yeah. kinda know the emotion behind the song and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think uh initially that was something that I had to sort of battle and get over. And I think I actually got the breakthrough pretty early on, which was something I'm very thankful for, which was during Noise, we actually had like a showcase uh, that was specifically for the mentors. And I had two songs that I was ready to perform and uh, I was like prepared to do that. But Mm. one night before we had that, and it was at Walla Walla, gosh, gonna miss that place. Yeah, but it was there. And uh, one night before I actually uh, found out that a close friend of mine had taken her own life and oh. i was very very impacted by that and i texted vanessa i said i don't think i can come in i don't feel like singing i don't feel like going mm. for noise like, i just i just need some time um and then before i send the message i decided you know what uh maybe i can do something in her honor and maybe i can write a song instead so what i did was i just wrote it in like 10 minutes it was wow. just like you know those kind of songs that just like flow because yeah. It's so yeah. real. It's so raw. Um, so I just wrote it straight away and I texted the band. I said, hey guys, uh, we'll just do this one song tomorrow and then I'll do one solo by myself. Uh, and then they were like, are you sure? You know, we can accompany you. Just like send us a voice memo and we'll learn yeah. the chords, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, it's fine. I'll do it myself. And I I performed that song for, for that intimate showcase. And 
it was difficult, but it's almost as though I felt like um, this song needs to be heard mm. more than mm. my feelings of fear need to be validated. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'm right, scared, right, but right. like, it's more important that that I express this, you know? Mm. Mm. So I sang the song and uh, the atmosphere in the whole space changed. And of course it was very like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and everybody had a word or two to say afterwards. And I had mm. in my heart that I don't want to release this song because this song's mm-hmm. not for me. I just right. felt like it was something I had to do that day. And, and, and true enough, I, I didn't perform it or whatever. Um, but then after that, I I learned that, you know what? My songs are always going to be personal. And yeah. that means I have to constantly be showing myself like naked on stage. And I have to learn how to be okay with that because I feel like the impact is going to be great if I choose to abandon myself. Yeah. And mm. I think that has helped me in good stead because even in the things that I do now outside of music, uh, I am quite active on TikTok as well. I, I mm. love using TikTok. Mm. And on TikTok, it's not so much music. It's just me talking and just sharing yeah. like my opinion yeah. on things. Uh, and if not for learning how to just abandon myself and, and get over my whatever, uh, I would not have been able to launch myself on TikTok because people are always going to hate people are always mm. going to have their thoughts about you. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, TikTok has actually provided me with so many opportunities um, that I, I never would have seen coming. So I'm glad that music has really taught me how to see beyond that and to just, yeah, just enjoy the fact that everybody's always going to get uh, have an opinion, but the ones that matter are the ones that, that matter. Lah. Yeah, and that's mm. it. Yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing. I think it's it's pretty brave to be so honest about mm-hmm. your mental health issues right i think it's it's i i think i'm i'm glad to see that generationally wise that we are in a more open space now because like yeah. for my time there's no mm. way you know so for yeah. me also i suffer from my own uh, mental health issues and most of the time i just feel that you know whenever people talk about it like you see government stuff and all that. It's like lip service, right? Nobody mm. really means it. But it's where, you know, people like you and myself as artists, as songwriters, this is where we just need to be brave enough to say, hey, you know, this song is about this or about yeah. that. Be honest about it rather than being afraid. Oh, what will people think? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So I'm glad that you're being so brave about it. And you know, there's one more person for the cause, so to speak. Yeah. So th- thanks for that. I really do appreciate that. After you did your your uh, EP, uh, enjoyed the process. Um, you start was it when you started work on the album itself, the Embrace yeah. the Progress? So that was uh more during right before COVID, I decided oh, that okay. I wanna right. work with a different producer just to get a different experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time also I was uh in school I had requested for Chok Kurong to teach <laughs> me musical directing as well. Wow. So it was like okay. very different worlds because Bunny Hider was very much like um okay just feel 
you know, just yes. chill and vibe. And then I got introduced yeah. to Karong yeah. and he was very much like, A minus seven flat, 13 sharp flat yeah. harmonics. Now. Like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. He's so like that, right? And I love He's that so like about that. him. Yeah, I really yeah. needed that. I really needed yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so it was like just different worlds. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I also want to get somebody completely opposite of Chok Karong to work with me on my next uh, album because I want to mm. have concurrently two very different worlds um, just working together. Mm. So okay. then I was thinking about it and then I realized there was someone that was so consistently um, supportive of me online, was constantly DMing me, constantly telling me they like this and that. And it's one of those like, there's no agenda. You know, throughout the music journey, there will always be people who may have an agenda. They act like they like your music because of xyz or whatever but this guy mm. i felt was so genuine and so true uh and that was uh fox right chris and right, um right. so I, I i always remembered him as the guy who's very supportive because we had never met at that point but he was always mm. sharing my music always blah blah so i thought of him and then i also uh went for mars b uh she had a launch uh and chris produced that album and i absolutely okay. loved that and I thought, okay, that's the vibe. Like, I want that vibe. So then I hit him up and then we had a conversation and I thought, this guy is absolutely nuts. Like, <laughs> he is <laughs> out of this world. He's always on something. Like, what is wrong with this guy? And because of that, yeah. I knew this is the guy I want to work with because he's okay. so completely opposite of, like, anything I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a genuine guy. Like, he really felt like a brother from the get-go. And then we started working on this and I told him from the start, I said, hey, I want this to be different, extremely different from anything I've done. Um, but I didn't know how uncomfortable that would be. So I always tell people this story that when I went over to Chris's place, it was in this very like shady unit in Geylang. Uh, it was horrible. Like it was so bad. I don't know how he lived there for a year. Uh, but I remember I went there and I had 10 songs that I wanted to record fully arranged fully done up and mm. then i sent them over to him way in advance and when i got to his place he tells me okay uh sing sing one of the songs so i take out my guitar and he goes no don't play guitar <laughs> just sing <laughs> and i was like okay uh what key like could i get a key or he was like no just sing and I was like, this guy's nuts. Like, I think I made the wrong choice. Like, this guy's crazy. I have it fully arranged on my guitar. Like, why would yeah. I just sing? But I was like, okay, never mind. Forget it. Let's just sing. Yeah. And I started singing, and he picks up his guitar, which was completely, like, I don't know what it was tuned to, but it definitely was not, like, 440. Yeah. Uh, and he starts, like, playing random things along to what I was singing. And it was clashing. It made no sense. Like, it was all over the place. And internally, I was getting so bugged because I was like, that's not how the song goes. That's not right. how the song goes. That's not how I arranged it. Trigger, and trigger. that again, like, yeah. And that again was like a resurfacing of, of, of my pride, pride in my work and things like that, right? Mm. Uh, which was necessary. But I remember, like, I felt so discouraged because I felt like he doesn't care. Like, he, he actually doesn't care. He just wants to do his own thing. That's what I thought. Um, and then I remember I went home after that. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna text him and say, actually, never mind, like, you know, let's not do this. Like, this guy, what's his problems? Yeah, seriously. Oh dear. Um, and then I remember the next time I went over, I decided to just give it another chance. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm the problem. I think I'm holding on to this way too tightly, and I need to let go. I need to let go of what okay. I think Krista Joy is, and just discover who I am. 
uh, as a, at my core because I was so used to playing with a band the whole time and, and in that comfort zone. So I was like, okay, right. let's just strip it down to back to who I am. And that was what Chris wanted to do the whole time. It was like, I want you to focus on who is Krista Joy. I want you to focus on your voice. And I, it was at that point that I realized, hey, I spent so much of my life playing instruments a lot uh, to the point that I've gotten so used to hiding behind one. Like, I'm so mm. used to playing my guitar and then doing fancy things on it. So it, it, it makes me feel safer, right? Yeah. So what aggravated me so much that day was that I felt completely bare and I felt so naked and I felt like I'd given the power to Chris to play the guitar on top of my vocals. You know, I realized actually that is what bugged me is that I felt like I lost the power. Right, the control of my music. Yeah. yeah. So when I talked it out with him, I mean, he had a good laugh. He was like, yeah, that, that's the point. You know, <laughs> like, like I was just trying to do that. And uh, my process with Chris was something that really changed my life forever because we spent most of the time just talking. You know, I came in with 10 songs. He straight off just told me, I don't like them. I don't think these are the songs wow, for Wow, really? Wow. Yeah, so we actually like, Cancel. I think eight of them, we just threw them off the album. We were like, no. And oh. for months and months and months, we would just try to meet and without the intention of production, he would just say, let's just talk. So week in, week out, I would just go over and we just talk. And we just talk and we just talk and we just talk. And it formed a bond and it also created um, a space for me to just verbally process what I want to do. And at that time... Uh, because of COVID and all this, like I had become a very different person in that state. And mm. all the songs that you now hear on the LP, mm. uh, I actually wrote most of them way, way into the process. Like months in, there was one day that I just clicked. And then I wrote like a couple of songs on the spot. Right. Wow. Which is like okay. crazy because of the fact that for months I could not write. I absolutely could not write. And it was just like, okay, let's just talk. Like, if we cannot write, let's just talk. Yeah, and then one day I was just like, bam, okay, I want to write this, I want to do this. And then we recorded the entire uh, LP very, very fast, you know, from there because it's like something just clicked, something just clicked. And and that taught right. me about the importance of focusing on, again, going back to the message. Like Chris basically, mm. I feel, came into my life to remind me about why I even do this in the first place. Mm. Right. Mm. So we went back to the talking and the conversation and then um, producing music. So... Uh, Embrace the Progress is basically like an extended version of the first album, but it's a lot more raw. Uh, musically, it is completely different. Uh, I didn't play anything on the album, which was very Love uncomfortable it. for me because I was okay. like, I want to play my guitar, I want to do this. But yeah. Chris played everything and recorded it in like the weirdest ways. Like the kind of microphones you used, if you are a purist or you like, you know, you'd be like, what the heck? This is so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, soundscape wise and everything, it's nothing of what. I would write now or write even before meeting Chris. Like everything that we came oh, up okay. with and we produced it, it was very much for that season. Right. Uh, and so much so that even now I was telling him like, I feel that I can't really perform my songs from that album anymore because I feel like the season's passed. Or if I perform them, I actually perform them in a very different style now. Yeah, so that LP is extremely, extremely uh, precious to me because... It's so different and it's so raw and it's so unconventional, even in down to the mixing, like everything is so unconventional. But the number one takeaway from that LP was that I learned that, I know it sounds very silly, but I learned that I can sing. 
and it sounds ridiculous oh. because <laughs> I majored always, in vocals. Like yeah, I majored in ridiculous. vocals in La Salle. <laughs> I have been considered a singer like all my life. But I remember like, and that was the core thing that Chris was telling me. He was like, I want you to find your voice, find your voice. And I remember this mm-hmm. moment so clearly because one day we were sitting down in his studio and he played back the mixed tracks. And um, in Embrace the Progress, it's very vocal heavy. It's a lot of vocal layers and, and mm. harmonies and things. Yeah. And I sat down there and I heard, I heard my voice. And it was as though I heard my voice for the first time. And wow. I broke down like in the studio. I just cried. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And Chris just let me listen to the whole thing and cry before he said anything. Wow. Um, and okay. then he turned around and he said, he said, why are you crying? And then I just cried, cried, and I, I just, I couldn't say anything. And then finally I could, and I said, I'm crying because I, I love my voice. Like oh, I can which, sing. Which song is yeah. this one? That was like, that was like, we, we did the full, the full EP. Oh, the full, the, the full Yeah, LP, the full okay. LP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I remember that moment because that shifted like everything for me. And for the first time in my entire life, I actually realized that I, I have not, identified as a singer like my whole life mm-hmm. I've never thought that mm-hmm. until that day uh, so if anything right, I feel like Embrace the Progress was actually an album for me okay. like it wasn't for anyone else but me and because okay. of that like I didn't care for like marketing it or like getting <laughs> lots of streams and whatever because I was like you know what I did this for me and people have been impacted by it definitely but that was a very different season uh in my life and now mm. moving forward i'm actually going to be taking the next four months to work on another album and i'm going to be self-producing okay. it uh but it's not going to sound anything like embrace the progress and i don't think anything i ever do will ever sound like embrace the progress because right that was just that was just special that was just something else yeah sometimes mm-hmm. like you, you you're asking me about like being bare and and being mm. vulnerable and things like that uh, like that album really really challenged that because it felt like something that should just remain on my phone like that's how personal okay. it felt okay. I was okay. like this yeah, is for me yeah. nobody yeah. else needs to hear it you know Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one I did struggle with quite a bit but again same thing I was like okay I just need to put this out there and mm. if anyone likes it good for them if they don't like it I don't care because it's not for them this is an important it's a very important discussion that is you know always been marginalized here in singapore mm. this whole thing about the creative process yeah right because mm. you know we always thought of as not creative right so it is something that really needs to get out there and we need to really talk about it because there's no kind of one way yeah right it's something you need to explore and you need to experiment that's what it's about yeah yeah right so i have one question for you dude do you think your time in La Salle uh, seriously helped you in any way in terms of this creative process? Wow. <laughs> <Well. laughs> <laughs> um, okay, like, I always tell people my biggest takeaway from La Salle uh, were the relationships. Like, my mm, band, mm. I wouldn't have met while there. Uh, Skill-wise, like, 
I did I did learn stuff, but like <laughs> I realized that not a lot of it was very applicable in my process. Mm. Um, ah, okay, okay. But there okay. there were very, very key things. Like uh for example I got to work like Christine Sham was a lecturer during my diploma hmm. days and through yes, her I know course Christine quite well. <laughs> yeah, so through her course I realized hey, I actually really love film scoring and I got into sound design and things like that. So mm. definitely like there were people that impacted me a lot and it was a great place to learn how to perform as well. But if we're talking about like creating and songwriting, I don't really feel like LaSalle helped me that much in that sense. So if anything, mm-hmm. I think yes, mm. it definitely helped with connections and performance um but i feel like that's pretty much it and everything that i got from lasalle like the things that were very helpful for for me were things that i decided on myself uh like for example requesting for for karong to be my principal study teacher like these are things Uh, that weren't like handed to me they were like i had Mm. to be intentional like okay this is what i want to get out of the course therefore Mm. i'm gonna write in and get this and i'm gonna do this and do that yeah so because people always ask me like, oh, you know, should I go to LaSalle and like, will they help me do this and do that? Like, I always tell them like, uh, you don't have to. Like, you honestly don't have to. Uh, and there are many ways to go about it. Yeah. And uh, even financially, like, there are other options that that uh, could be more beneficial. Different courses uh, in, in other schools okay. and things like that. Okay. Uh, definitely. But I... I I enjoyed my time there and I'm very thankful for my time there. But I I do see a lot of uh, misconceptions about the school because honestly, going into the school as well, I fully believe that, again, it was going to be really high school musical. You know, you go there, <laughs> like, music, 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 and then everybody dances and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's nothing of the, the same, sort. The no, same no, academy. no. Yeah. Won't, won't be Gila. So yeah. actually, it's very... Because I, I teach, so it's very much to me now because it's very much about the, the student themselves mm. right so the students have got to have an open mind yes and can't expect oh you know just teach me kind of thing that's not how it works right yes. so if you got to like like what you said which you very shared very aptly right you pick up what you want to pick up but yeah. because you're open to it right so like everything that you experienced you don't close your mind right yeah. you just mm-hmm. open yourself for example like you know with christine for example right you're like oh wow this is something new Right. Yeah. And I like it. I enjoy it because you kind of let yourself, you know, open your heart to it. You know, yeah. that's the way it works. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, like, yeah. there was the added benefit of having a place. Um, if anything, I feel like LaSalle was helpful to be a, to be a home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, having the studios that we could book anytime yeah. definitely helped with, like, jamming and creation yeah. and, and just having a, a hub yeah. where we can all hang out. I think yes. that was like what LaSalle was key for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Community la. Community mm. can never be yeah. underestimated. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it seems like you are creating one uh, now with, with Sela. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I know you've held gigs there. I mean, I haven't been there yet, but I, I do intend to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, what was, I mean, is this, was this also a thing that, yeah, you just want to, is it like, I want to replicate what I felt? Yeah. Uh, you know, in school, and then maybe not so much like in school, but it was like I think being in that smaller room the year before, I was mostly alone, mm, mm, and mm. I realized like, wow, this is this is difficult to be a creative in a small warehouse where like 
<laughs> there's nothing creative around me except for myself. And something that I was very impacted by was actually Geylang. Because when okay. uh, Chris was there, he mm. was also where uh, Kribo Records is and there were other like right. creative people in the area. Like everyone on yeah. that floor were all creatives. And I realized like, wow, that was so lovely because at any point of time, like we can just be having a session also. Mm-hmm. And then somebody would just come in, like a neighbor would come in and they'd be like, hey, jam lah. Okay lah, jam lah. <laughs> then we all just jam. And then you never know how it's going to go there. And that was something like, for for uh even up until now like now pk records is there there's so many things that are happening in gala and it's constantly been just a place for community so that was something that impacted me but uh i felt like i wouldn't be able to fully fit into Geylang specifically because originally i was going to take a unit in Geylang. oh okay okay that was the original plan but after that i realized actually i don't think uh I don't think I would be able to survive there in a sense, like just for just for different like personal preferences. Mm, uh. mm, mm. Yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, how do I carry that heart of community? Very like kampong vibes and like just yeah, you know, yeah. and just bring it into whatever I'm gonna do next. And with Sela, it was actually um I just wanted it to be really like a home. And there's something I love to say about Sela is uh, this tagline is very cheesy uh, and I want to put it on the website. I haven't done it yet, but it's like this. It's uh, don't make a home studio, make a studio home. And oh, you will really okay, feel nice. that when you, yeah, and you feel that when you come in because I specifically designed this space to be like a house. So there's a living room, then there's a studio room uh, and there's a couple of like cozy areas as a pantry. And um, basically I wanted it to be a place where it breaks the idea of what a studio is. Because one thing right. that I struggled with when I first started was like, uh, every time I stepped into a studio, like be it Neuville or whatever, I feel like mm. the moment you step in there, you're losing money. Like you just feel very stressed. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, and yeah, it affects yeah, yeah, yeah. your vocal performance especially, but it affects everything that you do because you constantly think like, I'm on a clock and I'm, I yeah. have to pay for this and I have to blah, blah. And uh, it, it just doesn't feel comfortable no matter how yeah. much you know you you can do to the space so Mm. i was like i want it to be comfortable and a safe place to make mistakes i think Mm. like that's key right because nowadays so many producers and so many artists are now becoming bedroom producers and producing such beautiful things just from their homes and why because they have the safety to make mistakes in their homes Um, so that was something that was very key that i wanted it to be a studio that's not not a studio yeah so even at the start i coined it more of like a creative space because yeah. I wanted to break that idea of like studio, but then I thought, okay, never mind, let's just call it what it is. It helps with the, it helps with the marketing. <laughs> the studio, <laughs> and it sounds nice. It sounds nice also, like Sela Studios. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. It does so, well. yeah. yeah. So the message of that also was, um, basically, it comes from the term Sela in the Bible, S E L A H, and yeah. that's basically like a musical term to pause and reflect mm. in between stanzas in the Psalms. Mm. So I wanted it to be a place where artists can come they can pause and they can reflect on the art that they're doing not just like take a break but to really reflect about what they are doing because i think in singapore like with this whole rat race artists are constantly like on the go on the go on the go so i wanted it to be a place of rest and then came the idea of there having that double meaning so to spell it as s-a-y-l-a-h uh, not right. because it rhymes with Pela, which is quite cute also. We like to say Pela to Sela. Um, <laughs> oh but dear. also because there is, it, it makes it more local, yes. But also it's like, we want it to be a place for honest conversation. Like, just Sela. Mm. 
just say what's on your mind. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Like, come here and talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that worked out really nicely. And everything that I do in the studio is very much, um, very much revolves around that idea that it's not a place to produce. It's not a place to have a, to be transactional. It's not a place to get work done. It's a place that you come and we talk. Mm-hmm. And if music comes out from the talking, that's great. If music doesn't come out from the talking, that's fine. Like we still establish a relationship. We still establish uh, trust. So even with mm-hmm. potential clients, like. Firstly, I don't I don't ever call them clients, but like just just for the term here, uh, I always tell them like, hey, just come and talk, you know, because they're always like, oh, uh, how much does it cost to do this? That's that's always how they inquire. Right? How much does yeah. it cost to produce a yeah. single? How much? I say, hey, don't worry about it. Come and talk first. Tell me about yeah. yourself. Tell me about your music. And then if mm. I feel that I can resonate with your message and I feel that I can do you justice, then I will take on your project and then we can talk about like money from there, right? Uh, if not, I always make it a point to refer them to other producers that I know can do better than me. Yeah, so it's it's that whole mentality of like going against the culture of studios being the way they are, like transactional and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And creating a safe space for musicians to talk and to think and to feel and to most importantly, just to be. Yeah, so I also came <laughs> up with the whole thing of like, uh, I realized there's not a lot of spaces that really champion like singer-songwriters really sharing their stories and things mm-hmm. like that. Like generally, if you watch gigs in Singapore, um, unless the songwriter is very engaging and very fun, uh, it's like nobody really cares for the talking in between the songs. It's kind of like, just play the song. <laughs> like, yeah. why are you talking so much? I don't care about your ex-boyfriend and your this and that. Like, just play, right? Uh, but I care, yeah, and yeah. I feel like all yeah. songwriters care, and and their stories deserve to be heard. So every yeah. quarter we oh, have true. an initiative called um, Sela Sessions, and that's mm. where we call songwriters to just come and share their stories, and mm. we can pack about like close to forty people in our small living room. Mm. Uh, okay. It's squeezy, but it's like it's fun. You know, it just feels like you're having a big house party. Yeah, uh, and that's something that I hope to continue continue doing uh, because I feel like it's made an impact a small impact and it just gives people a place to really hear the message and to, to resonate from there like, yeah in my head I seem to just be stuck in my head I seem to notice anyone else the windows are down blinds have been drawn is anybody out there But also, I mean, also talking about stories like that. I mean, like you know, sharing stories through music. I mean, this this thing I, I was just reading this the other day. Um, this sun and moon show. Oh yeah. What what's that all about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I basically was part of this collaboration with, uh, this organization called Superhero Me. So mm. they focus on helping people with uh, children with special needs and things along those lines. And they also managed to get Apple to support this program that they do called Grow. And uh, basically, they were looking for creatives to be partnered with these children. And a friend of mine reached out to me saying like, hey, you know, uh, you have your studio and, and things like that. How about you just try for this? And originally, I was like, I'm way too busy right now starting up the studio. Like, I don't right. have time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it hit me like... 
I feel like I am extremely ignorant in the area of uh, people with disabilities. And it really bugged me. Like, I remember it bugged me so much to the point that I actually struggled to sleep the night that I told my friend no. I was like, oh, come on, this is something that's important. And I think I just want to try. So I wrote into them. I said, hey, you know, I, I do music. So if there is a child that's interested in doing music, like, let's do that. And then I had this whole plan to, like, um, basically, like, create music with the world around us. Like, we can find music in everything. Like, that ah, was the whole okay. plan, right? Yeah. yeah. So because the, the kids, I was like, you know, that would be nice. But I had no idea who I would get paired up with. And then I find out that I was paired up with someone with cerebral palsy. Mm. and mm. i was like none of my plans are gonna work now because <laughs> it was like you know you have to move around and have mobility and things like that so then i started yeah. panicking and i was like what can i do you know uh and that's when i realized yeah i'm so completely ignorant because this guy okay so i got paired up with um a very 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 smart boy uh named mm. javier and he is well advanced okay in so many things he has this thing called a head mouse and it's basically like glasses Mm -hmm. uh, that he can use to control his iPad, and then he has like a switch. Right. He has like a right. thumb, so like a thumb switch. Then he like controls it like that, and he can play like Mobile Legends. He can like play everything. Oh, wow. He can use everything on his iPad. So he was so well versed in using his iPad and things like that. And originally, I was like, okay, let's create music together. Like we had to use Apple products and Apple whatever. So I was like, okay, okay. like we have GarageBand. Let's just do loops and right. stuff like that. Yeah. But. The more we sort of chatted, uh, one thing about his story was that he always felt like he doesn't have a voice because basically his vocal cords are generally quite weak. So mm. he always feels like nobody can hear him. And in school, kids are always talking over him and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and then they handed him like his own special like microphone and that mm. changed a lot of things for him. And I thought, you know what? This guy is so funny. And this mm. guy should be heard you know mm. so that's where the idea came uh because i also linked it to the fact that i do like radio as well with mediacorp indigo yeah that's right yeah so i was like you know what how about we create a talk show together and then we create music for the talk show so there's still mm. an element of music but like we can focus right. on talking as well yeah so from there he was thrilled and we worked on this podcast that we created together called the sun and moon show which was basically about uh, we focus on the fact that the sun is the source of light and everything, but we can be like moons that reflect, you know, positive energy and all these kind of things to the people okay. around us because he's a very, very positive guy. Like, he's always the cheerleader for everyone. Yeah, so I remember we brought him to Sela to record the podcast. And same thing, it was actually a very similar experience to what happened uh, for me with Embrace the Progress. Okay. I put a microphone in front of him and then he started speaking and it was playing out through the studio monitors right and he was just like yo yo that's my voice like that's so loud yo and he just went on like for like 10 minutes he just kept going yo 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 uh, and extremely like i cranked it up like crazy just went to enjoy right? yeah. um yeah and i was like yeah that's awesome like let's go with that so then we recorded this talk show together and we would get friends of his to come also and feature on it because uh, we wanted it to be about our special friends in our universe. Okay. Yeah, that was the whole theme. So we started that and I we, we recorded two episodes. I'm not sure where it'll go from there. I'm trying to equip his uh, school, Rainbow Center, 
with mm. uh, with things that they can actually continue to do this by themselves, so that Javier right. has the whole show that he can basically work on it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I was just more to just pioneer it with him, and then just see see where it goes from there. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's also very encouraging to, uh, as an uncle, to know that <laughs> there's all these younger generation of uh, musicians or creators. Yeah, it, it's know. very encouraging. Yeah. 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 So I, I especially like the the singer songwriter kind of session. Mm. Uh, I think it's important because actually that's something that's always been very lacking in Singapore, right? Yeah. So all you have are like open mics, so to speak, right? Yeah. And in Singapore, right, it's like. You know, people will be screaming out for you to do covers. So it's like yeah. totally, it's a totally unsafe space. You yes. know, I get triggered by that honestly. For sure, for sure. Right? And I literally say fuck off, right? You know, <laughs> you know but of course, like, uh, right? I find that very good because you know, singer songwriters need a space to be safe. Yeah, they need a place where they can fail. You know, yes, yeah. because they need to try out stuff, right? Because we've got one. What those commercial places then is like, oh my yeah. god, I got to entertain and you know, you know uh like... John Chan? Yeah. Right? He spilled a whole A W N. Yeah. He spilled a whole beer on our carpet while he was doing our sailor sessions. <laughs> like that's just it. Like that's the vibe. Like just come and do whatever. <laughs> So and that, that was even well, before his set started. Like he just decided so to come up and then so drop the whole. Was there a avant-garde <laughs> action? Or... <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, was, yeah, that, was that part of the? Yeah, was that part of the set? But it's like you know, like of course he felt like Pisces, But it's like what I loved is that everyone was just so casual about. It. It's like yeah, it's fine. It's like when you drop a drink at home, never mind. Just wipe first yeah, and then yeah, you play first, yeah. lah. You'll clean it yeah, later. Yeah, we about know? it later, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah which yeah, and yeah. I think that was something like as silly as it was, like. It was actually very moving for me because I was like, yeah, you feel safe enough to just spill a beer and you know that it's okay. Like, we'll clean it later together. Like, that's fine. That's yeah. Interesting yeah. icebreaker here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you mentioned that you were, you were planning some new new songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's, the, what's the progress like on that one? I... I mean, okay, so like, at the start of this year, I actually challenged myself uh, more as a discipline to write one song every day. Oh, okay, uh, cool. And on Instagram, I, I, I began strong. Like, I would record... Mm. I would give myself 15 minutes before I sleep, write the song, record it, post on Instagram. Yes. And yes, I did that I... for, like, I think 60-plus days straight. Yeah. And then I realized, you know what? I'm getting very tired of recording the songs. <laughs> uh, so then I ended sure. up just... Um, yeah, so I ended up just writing them. So I kept the discipline of writing every day, and I have okay. been. Uh, okay. But then I just, like, get lazy to record it. Um... <laughs> And yeah. because of that, people are just like, wow, you know, you have so many songs, then just pick yeah. 10, la, then just yeah, record correct, album. Correct. Um, but I feel that I want to be very intentional with, like mm. what I was saying, like creating one body of art. Uh, <laughs> so I will be writing all new songs. Uh, I haven't started yet, but, so I have no idea what like the title is going to be. I did think about that. I was like, should I keep running with that thing? I was like, yeah, engrave yeah. the promise <laughs> or something like that. I was like, I'm trying way too hard to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't really know what the direction is going to be, but it was something that, uh, actually a very recent revelation because I, I just came back from the Philippines. I spent a week there, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, more on like a church kind of trip and helping out with the musicians there as well. And it was only coming away from Singapore and going to a very, very slow-paced nation uh, mm. that helped me to realize that actually I feel like I've been veering off track 
uh, with Sela and uh, things like that. And I realized that I had begun to uh, focus a lot on a lot more on Sela than on Krista. And I think it was important when I first started the studio. Mm. Uh, but now I need to remember that I am Krista before I am Sela. Right, so uh, then that's okay, where okay. I decided to make that decision. I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna take any more production projects for the rest of the year. I'm gonna solely focus on producing my next album, and planning a launch, uh, which like financially, like mm. doesn't make sense like business wise because we're getting a lot of inquiries. We are getting a lot of mm. work, and we're at a good place. And mm. I could just keep working, but I feel like I'm starting to miss and starting to like lose the the whole point, which was okay. I created this studio to be um, for my music as well like not just mm. for others but uh, but that as well and I realized like what I love is slowly becoming what I loved because I'm focusing so much on like okay I'm producing other people's music and people all warned mm. me about this like <laughs> everyone was like oh if you're an artist and a producer definitely like you have to choose one <laughs> over the other and I was yeah. like no la can, can balance can balance uh, <laughs> realities cannot la cannot uh, for now at least so I'm actually going to be taking a break from, from producing and uh, again like this I, I you guys will get it but certain people that I've spoken to kind of miss the point but the key thing that happened to me in the Philippines was that I realized this um, I don't like production and production is just a tool for me yeah. to do what I like right yeah. it's for me to bring to life songs and that expression of a person through music but i don't actually like using the daw i don't like using all these <laughs> things you know? yeah 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 uh, and then i realized that what i needed in my mind was this shift that i am not a producer at my very very like in my being i'm a songwriter okay and okay. i am a songwriter who produces but that doesn't make me a producer like, do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah, so. Yeah. No, so no. Like, the past three years, I kept trying to think like, okay, I have to call myself a producer because that's that's how you get production jobs, right? Yes. Mm. And it has worked out, but I I realized like I'm not enjoying the production, and I and it only happened because I I took up a few corporate uh, commissions. Yeah, that'll do it. Right, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I did that, and I was like, oh shucks, you know, when there is no purpose that I believe in, and there's no message yeah. I believe in, like it's just work. Like I do not care yeah, for production. Yeah, I don't enjoy yeah, it at all. Yeah, I don't enjoy yeah. writing the parts, and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's when I realized, shucks, I need to stop thinking of myself <laughs> as yeah. a, a producer at my core. I am a songwriter. Mm. I am a songwriter who happens to produce. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. really like shifted something. When I came back from Philippines, I was like, dang, like Sela may very well become everything that I didn't want it to because now I'm focusing on like getting work done mm. and like, you know, building mm. my portfolio, which I which are all valid things when you're starting a business for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So then it really got me thinking, like, okay, I've done the startup and mm. now what do I wanna do? What I wanna do now yeah. is I wanna focus on myself and see what happens from there and not be worried like, oh, uh, what will people think if if our followers don't increase and you know and yeah, yeah. money and blah 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 whatever <laughs> lah you know come what me I'm just happy because <laughs> I started um, accepting gigs again so I'm gonna focus a lot more on that let's just get back to performing I think I've missed that for years and years um, mm. yeah and yeah. I think the gig at Bass's yeah. place was also something that like as small as it was 
mm. it reminded me like this is what I love. Like I mm. absolutely love performing live. I love talking to people. Okay. Uh, and and I'm just happy to sort of had have that revelation. I'm just gonna focus on that for the next four months. Yeah. And and you're very good at it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but I'm I'm gonna put this one to you. What what would you say is the best thing or the worst thing about being Crystal right now? Um, I would say the best thing about being me is that I am okay with failing now. Yeah, hmm. I feel okay. fine to fail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing is that I fail a lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which is okay. Which is okay. Yeah. So it's 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 a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. Uh, but definitely, I, I'm glad that I feel safe enough to fail. That I have community that allows me to fail, mm. um, and that uh, new life always comes from the death of things. Yeah. In mm. my life. Thank you very much uh, again for for taking Thank time you. out. You know. Thanks so much for sharing your sharing your story. I think uh, it's, it's, I think this is something that a lot of people can learn from as well. Yes. Hey, my joy. Thanks so much. This was a. I'm a very verbal processor, so this is like very helpful for me to even just talk talk this out with you guys. Yeah, really. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah. Have a good one. Good you, too. you too. Bye. 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 Well, that was exactly exactly how I thought it would go. <laughs> you know, right? Because like was, having seen her perform mm. and hear, hearing her, you know, go on and on about you know her life and uh, uh, kind of a junior or a different perspective was similar to uh, Sunny, right? In the sense, right? Different yeah. challenges, yes, correct, correct. Different time yeah. of you know different, different total, yeah, different, different, different era, time frame, right. different yeah. age generation, and all that. Yeah. But you know, still similar kind of takeaways, right? Yeah. But I think that that's great, right? That's something if we can continue to like pursue and talk about and discuss, you know, if we can be a bit of a forum for that, uh, mm. that would be mm. that would be fantastic, right? Because yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, like I said, lah, we've we've got to kind of you know by now we gotta just do things for ourselves, basically. Uh, yeah, 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 especially when it comes to things like this. You yes, know, it, it, you know, the creative arts any any time, yes. uh, not just music. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, you have it has to resonate with with the artist you yes. yourself first before it can touch anybody else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and and and, and I, I really like the fact that she's doing this, and she actually you know, just being the singer or musician type of thing alone is bad enough. Uh, mm. uh, it's hard enough, right? It, yeah, 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 yeah. But then she she goes on to do studio. Which is even you know, yeah, yeah, I love, I love how it, it's all very organic. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's what I love that she can actually just tell the whole thing without pause. Wow, okay. thought, wow, that's wow, it. this is Stop interesting. <laughs> so unique, yeah. very unique. This girl. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. <sighs> love it, love it. Yeah, if you want, if you guys want to know more about uh, Krista and about Sela Studios. You know you can you can yeah la, you find know, out Google la, more about her. This, uh, yeah, no, on this Instagram, on Instagram you can you can hear all the sixty songs on Instagram that she was talking about. That, that, that was quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well if you like if you like this episode, uh, 
you know, do do like and subscribe to us um, because we'll be we'll be putting out one. We'll, we'll try to as, as often as possible. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, tell tell everybody about us. Like I said at the beginning, um, we are just only forty three peoples away from the five thousand mark. So it helps us reach that cool benchmark, and we'll produce something extra special. Say yeah. Only. <laughs> say only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say only. Yeah, but say you only. never know. Never know. Put it out there knows, to uh? the universe. Yeah, we put it out there. I'll put it on the whiteboard. Yeah, see, see what Reach 5,000. <laughs> Reach 5,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? Who knows yep. what we might find? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's it. Like, you check out, uh, you know, catch up with us on the Fast Colors. Uh, yes. Facebook and Instagram will be putting up stuff. We'll put up all yep. the stuff that we do over there. Mm. Um, whenever we do things that we do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, yep. Until then, man. Have yep. a good week and keep the Lion City rocking. Yep. Ta ta. Ciao.